successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM and on Talk980AM.com. Great show today lined up. I want to quickly... uh, Thank all of your all of the listeners for paying attention to Grill Nation and for always joining me here on Saturdays from four to five on Talk Nine AM and on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. You can also check us out on the GrillNationShow.com. That's GrillNationShow.com. On our website, we have uh, photos of all of our guests, lists of all of our shows. You can listen to all of our old shows. I have listed out uh, the guests that we had on their shows, and there's more information at GrillNationShow.com. Also want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation here at the start of the show. Uh, they are Crutcher Heartland, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Real Estate, Andrew Bash, guest co-host and contributor, Kenny Hertz Perry, Attorneys at Law, John Kenny Hertz, guest co-host and contributor, Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer, who's a contributor to Grill Nation, The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, Jay Rieger and Co., Ryan Maybe, guest co-host and contributor, Kansas City Power and Light District, and Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink, who is a guest co-host and contributor. We haven't had Ryan on yet, but he will be on in the near future for all you listeners who enjoy the banter of Ryan Rink. So that is our uh, list of partners and supporters of Grill Nation. Thank you very much for all of your support throughout the years, and I look forward to growing with you in the future. Before we get to our guest today, I want to um, I want to mention the Tech Week happened last week. I was Lucky enough to be involved with that organization through uh, media relations and public affairs work, and uh, got the opportunity to MC the grant competition for Launch KC on Friday of Tech Week. Tech Week was an amazing event at Union Station. We had over, I think, over 5,500 people with badges that showed up. Uh, people from all over the world, uh, more people from out of town than from in town, which is always positive to see. At all the parties, there were people from New York, DC. California, uh, getting to see Kansas City for the first time, which is really interesting. And uh, I think with I think the event went off without a hitch. It was amazing. Uh, but I wanted to mention cri- briefly the uh, the ten winners of the fifty thousand dollar grants from Launch KC. They were uh, Nodal Security from Detroit, Michigan, Bloom from Overland Park, Kansas, Health ID from Cranston, Rhode Island, Integrated Roadways from Kansas City, Missouri, the KC Drone Company from Kansas City, Missouri, Pekno from Santiago, Chile. Square Offs from Kansas City, Kansas, Vertisense from New York, New York, Video Fizz from Kearney, Missouri, and the People's Choice Award went to Pop Bookings from Kansas City, Missouri. Hopefully all of you that were in attendance enjoyed it. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to, to, to work with Katie Lynch, the CEO of Tech Week, and to present on the extreme screen stage in front of so many great people at Union Station. So very excited that Tech Week uh, was successful. Uh, the speakers, Jonathan Bedeen, who's been on our show, the founder of Tender, uh, Jim McKelvey from Square, the governor of Missouri, Jay Nixon was there. There were so many great people. I hope all the media that joined me in the media room uh, enjoyed themselves and uh, hopefully uh, 
look forward to doing it again next year. It's going to be even bigger and better next year. So I'm glad that we made it through the first year. But thanks to all those sponsors and supporters and to Paris Communications for all the work that was done at Tech Week Kansas City and at the Launch KC Grants Competition. Also want to mention, I had the opportunity. Well, actually, let's get to our guests first on this show. We're going to talk about who our guests are going to be uh, coming up today. In our first segment uh, after the break, I'm actually going to try to pull them in here uh, for a second as well. We have uh, John Teasdale, who's the executive director of Happy Bottoms. Happybottoms.org is where you can find it online. Diapers for KC families in need. I've known John for uh, for many years. He's a great Kansas City and has done some amazing things in the nonprofit sector and in the, the private industry world here in Kansas City. But he has recently taken on the role of executive director of Happy Bottoms. And uh, it's a really cool organization. So we're going to have John on in our uh, next segment to talk more about what Happy Bottoms does and about some really exciting upcoming events they have planned coming up here in the near future. In the next segment after John, we will have Aaron Ogilvie, who is the founder and managing partner of Double Shift Brewing. Double Shift Brewing has just gone in in the East Crossroads area across from Grinders and Thalmaeus. There's a kind of a renaissance of local craft breweries uh, going in in the East Crossroads area. I think there's three or four now that have uh, opened up, which is very exciting uh, for those who like craft beer like me and enjoy drinking it. And uh, he'll be on the show uh, in our third segment today to talk about kind of how he got into the brewing industry and about the new brewery there in the crossroads called Double Shift Brewing. And in our final segment today, we will have on Heidi Schmidt, who's the leasing and hospitality specialist at One Light Luxury Apartments. Uh, KNC Power and Light District is a supporter of Grill Nation. And from time to time, people come on the show to talk about all the things happening down there. Heidi will be on the show in our final segment today to talk about uh, One Light. One Light will be opening, I believe, in um, the end of the November or so. Uh, there's going to be a lot more people down there and a lot more people moving in. It's going to be exciting to see. I've been to the the renovated pool area for a couple of events during Tech Week and in the past, and uh, they really have done a good job with that building and that construction over there. So kudos to Nick Benjamin and Cordish and for all the people involved with that. So thank you for joining a Grill Nation today. I uh, want to thank again all those people who are listening on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. This weekend, this weekend before this weekend, I had the chance to go to uh, Notre Dame uh, to a football game. I hadn't been in 25 years to watch the Notre Dame Fighting Irish play the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I hadn't been up to Notre Dame in a long time. Um, always was a, always was a fan of Notre Dame growing up. Uh, Got to take my old man to the game and to the surrounding areas. And I have to say this: if if you haven't been up to a game up there uh, and are a college football fan, you should definitely go. It's uh it's an easy trip from Chicago, about an hour and a half, uh, if you get there early enough on Saturday morning to drive. Uh, just such an unbelievable experience, and uh, I'm never going to forget it. But Notre Dame won. Notre Dame is now 3-0 and and ranked 6th in the country, so uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime memory I won't forget with my old man. But um, our first guest today, John Teasdale, who will be coming on in a second to talk about uh, Happy Bottoms, uh, also played football at Notre Dame, so I wanted to bring him in here for this segment, John. Welcome to Grill Nation. Thank you, Jason. Very happy to be here. So you, uh, so you, I told you I went up to Chicago this weekend into South Bend. You actually played football at Notre Dame. I did. I played uh, right offensive tackle in the late '90s and early 2000s, starting yeah. for a couple of years when Bob Davey was head coach. And uh, yeah, certainly echo all of your <laughs> all of your comments about what a special place it is. So uh, I hadn't been there for 20 years, John, or 25 years. And when I went in high school, they had uh, they had a smaller stadium. They had, they didn't have any, there was like one bar on campus, the backer. And the, I, the old linebacker. <laughs> I didn't get to go there this time because my dad and I wanted to see the, uh, the, the grotto and the basilica and walk around after the game. But, uh, it's pretty, cha- it's changed a lot. 
up there. It, it really has, yeah. They've um, added new academic buildings, student buildings. They've done a great um, effort to engage the um, South Bend community yeah. uh, and the, the kind of the mission of the university. And mm-hmm. um, they're really fortunate enough to have a lot of donors and supporters able to fund all of those efforts, which are very much needed. And um, I agree every time I go up, which is about once a year, there seems to be two or three new buildings on campus. <laughs> and, and it's beautiful, man. It's it's a great place to be in the fall. But I just thought I, I, uh, I came back. I got, you know, very excited about it. It kind of rejuvenated my uh, feelings about the university. I, I'm, I spray painted a football helmet when I was in third grade gold. Remember, because we had, well, I went to St. Therese up north. We did, Our football team was disbanded at one point, and they had all these old helmets in the in the back room so i stole one i think at one point or was given one and painted a gold but had to bring john in for that because he was a actually a scholarship player there at notre dame so uh pretty exciting it is exciting yeah we're having a good year we have uh several key injuries that we're working through but the backups seem to be ready to go we got a huge one this week at i think top 10 ranked clemson's uh, coming up down the road so um yeah and i'm i'm hopeful to go to the usc game in a few weeks which if we're both undefeated by then should be two top five teams (laughs) of course southern cal being one of our biggest uh, rivals rivals is uh pretty should be pretty exciting game cool cool we'll wrap back on grill nation with more with john teasel the executive director of happy bottoms thanks for listening running down the street like your hair's on fire thoughts running fast like a man on Yeah, yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on KMBZ 980 and talk980am.com. Hope you enjoyed your uh, week so far and uh, appreciate you always joining us here every Saturday on 980 AM and on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Again, you can check more out about the show at grillnationshow.com. I want to continue our conversation with uh, John Teasdale, who is the executive director of Happy Bottoms. I've known John for many years. I think we met when we were in high school, actually. He's a Rockhurst guy. I was a St. Pius guy. Uh, kind of came out of Catholic families, obviously. And uh, John had uh, assisted me on a couple of political campaigns throughout the years and got to be pretty good friends just through different civic organizations here in Kansas City, like Bacchus and other groups. But now he is the uh, executive director of Happy Bottoms. Check it out at happybottoms.org. John Teasdale, welcome back to the show. Thank you uh, very much, Jason. So tell us a little bit about your background and kind of ha- what brought you to Happy Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in uh, Kansas City, like you said. My um, family was, like you, involved in politics. My dad served as Jackson County prosecutor in the 60s mm-hmm. and is um, still the only native Kansas City-born governor of Missouri. Which is shocking to me. You uh, told me that at coffee. I was. I, that's pretty amazing. Thank the you. history I, of the state that 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 Kansas City has been represented by one governor. He. Uh, it is surprising. I think it is too. Being <laughs> the second largest metropolitan in in the state, and to only have one governor from here, but um, for him to have been my dad is uh, something I take a lot of pride in. And it's pretty awesome. Um, thank you. Thank pretty you. awesome. And so we talked about you went to Notre Dame, played college football. Back then, Notre Dame was was very good. Yeah. There now. Uh, that had to be an experience like you talked about, and you came back here and uh, worked in nonprofits, right? I did, yeah. I worked um, for a while in Christmas and October, which repairs low-income housing, as well as Rockhurst University. Mm-hmm. You took some time away from nonprofits and went into the private sector for a while. I did. Learned a lot about uh, how everything else functions in the world. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> saw, saw how the the other side, the the grass is greener, does business, and yeah. uh, enjoyed my time um, in the health insurance industry. Mm-hmm. And then recently, as of this year, you yes. started at Happy Bottoms. Tell us about what that's been like and uh, what your role is there. It, it's been great. I've been executive director of Happy Bottoms for two and a half months. Um, I have a wonderful team of five that I manage. I have a great board of fifteen. But Happy Bottoms exists. Because for low-income families, safety net programs like food stamps or women, infant, children money, which is called WIC, do not cover the cost of diapers. And so there's a big hole there. And those of you out there who have young kids know how expensive they are. Also, most daycares require parents to bring their own diapers to enroll their babies in those daycares. And so Happy Bottoms procures diapers both by purchasing them and through diaper drives. And then we provide about 120,000 diapers to 2,100 babies right now. Um, and That's amazing. And you guys aren't that old. We're not. We're only five years old. We were founded five years ago by a community volunteer, Jill Gajkowski, mm-hmm. who, um, from what I understand, basically were, was working out of her basement, out of the trunk of her car <laughs> to get diapers in and get diapers on babies' bottoms. So let's go through this. So... Um your your impact. So in 2010, you distributed 80,408 diapers. Yes. And as of right now, August and September of 2015, you've distributed over almost 1.2 million diapers. Yes. And uh, we're we're hopeful to do one and a half million by the end of this calendar year. Yeah, yeah. You're going to do 1.5. And so you have helped an average number of children per month as of this year. It's 2,103. Um, how have you gotten to this place? I mean, how, it seems like there's some extremely rapid growth. It's um, we've been very fortunate to have a lot of rapid growth. The 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 unfortunate side of the coin is that there is such a need out there that there is room to grow for Happy Bottoms, and we certainly intend to uh, continue to grow and get to as many babies as possible throughout the five county metro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've been able to grow through uh, a number of partnerships. Um, as a charity, we are um, um, dependent on funding from donors and corporations and foundations. Um, and when they find out that we're the only one in town as the diaper bank doing this kind of work, I think is pretty unique. And we also rely very heavily on volunteers to come in and repackage the diapers and get them ready to send to our partner agencies who then uh, get them in the hands of our mommies. Mm-hmm. Um, so without the the funding community and the volunteer community, we would not have been able to have this kind of success. And we certainly plan to uh, keep engaging those um, those great folks who help us do what we do and to get more donors and volunteers to keep us growing so we can get more diapers on more babies behind. So tell me this. So as of as a city or as a metro area, Kansas City's Happy Bottoms is one of the biggest, right? We're, we're the only diaper bank in town. Okay. Yeah. And, and on a national level, though, how do, how do you guys compare? Because this obviously is a problem probably in different states too, right? It is, yeah. Um, the no real state or no federal agency covers diapers for poor families mm-hmm. and for families living in poverty. Um, there are 250 diaper banks around the country. And even though we're only five years old, we're actually about the number five agency in terms of numbers of kids reached and numbers of diapers provided. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very proud to be uh, really among the whole national movement of diaper banks to be one of the leaders. And like, um, and like you said, that is due to uh, Kansas City's charitable community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the community cares about the helping people, I think, as a whole, whether it's in business, 
um, whether it's in charity, whether it's near next door neighbor, we're a pretty welcoming community that helps people. So people that are listening, it's very important to kind of continue to grow this because it is a major issue. And then you have hundreds of partners, like you said, uh, everyone from hospitals to, you know, private industry to service centers. I mean, it's, it's taken a lot of work and there's a lot of different people involved in this. There really is. It's a a team effort. It's a city effort working on both sides of the state line, working in the five biggest counties of, of kind of Kansas city proper. Um, Mm -hmm. we really rely on our partner social service agencies and the hospitals, um, who ultimately get our diapers in the hands of our moms and dads. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, it, it is truly a, um, it, it's really taking a village is what we're finding. And um, we really enjoy our position being um, one of the uh, organizing elements. And it's shocking that the food stamps don't cover diapers or the WIC program or any of that. It I mean, when you told me that, shocking. I was a little shocking because it seems like a necessity of life for a family. It is. And I'm, I haven't done all the research to figure out exactly why they're not covered. I just know that they're not and they're not in any state. And um, moms who have young young babies, um, when it comes down to it, to be able to afford the eighty to a hundred dollars a month for um, the full diaper supply is uh, very difficult. And our moms aren't, um, you know, sitting around. Our moms are working hard. They're working multiple jobs, and so to be able to um, give them some relief in their diaper need is. Then um, child centers, like you said, require disposable diapers. And then cloth diapers, they're, they are economically and environmentally friendly in the long term, but they require a lot more initial investment and a lot of, you know, places won't clean them. They're sanitary issues. So, uh, it's really a very big need right now. There really is. Yeah. We do, um, provide disposable diapers and pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not, uh, distribute cloth diapers. What we found is that for the moms we ultimately serve, they don't have their own washer and dryer at home. So to ask them to take the time to um, go into a laundromat and spend the time doing that, and only about one in four laundromats allow cloth diapers, and the few that do require a load of bleach afterwards. Mm-hmm. So by the time the um, the cloth diapers are done, it, it's really a expensive and inconvenient um, solution for our for our moms. So John, we're talking to John Teasdale, the executive director of Happy Bottoms. Check it out at give diapers and donate and be involved at happybottoms.org. You guys have uh, Diaper Need Awareness Week is September 28th through October 4th. Um, you've got some very interesting hashtags here. Hashtag Diaper Need, hashtag Give Butt a Chance, Give Butts a Chance. Um, tell us about what you have going on during um, Diaper Need Awareness Week. Yeah, we're pretty excited. The uh, Every diaper bank in the country, all 250 of us, the week of September 28th to October 4th, work just to raise awareness of diaper need and that there are parents in pretty much every neighborhood in town um, who struggle to provide their baby with a clean, reliable supply of diapers. So um, we have worked with a great local uh, marketing company called Two West. Great company. Thank you. Great there. company. Ethan Whitehill and uh, Lou Thurman over there and Nicole Turner. I'm glad that they're involved in this. They do great work. Thank you. We're very blessed to have them involved. And they're very generous and have used their creative talents to come up with what we're calling Gorilla in the Bathroom Marketing. So <laughs> for you folks out there, for during that week, you may go to any type of business, whether it's a bar, restaurant, car dealer, coffee house. We've been very lucky to be able to hang various posters in people's restrooms. So the the kind of the the joke is that as folks are doing their business in the restroom, just like all of our babies do, um, there will be some cool creative posters 
uh, throughout all the restrooms. So please look at those hashtags, hashtag on your Twitter and Facebook. And uh, we're just trying to get the word out about diaper need and happy bottoms. You guys are having a happy hour uh, on September 28th, 530 to 730 uh, at Freedom Bank in Overland Park. You're also going to be having a, uh, you're saving the date right now at the Guild in Kansas City, Missouri, which is actually right by uh Right by the brewery that we're going to be talking to our next guest about. Uh, Thursday, November 12th from 530 to 830, you are going to be having your uh, Attitude of Gratitude Happy Bottoms Thanksgiving event on Thursday, November 12th from 530 to 830 again at the Guild. More information, obviously, at happybottoms.org. Yes. So you have that going on. Um, You guys have a lot of stuff happening, John. I mean, what do people think when they see you a, a larger... Six five, you're not 300 pounds anymore. What are you like 250 now? Ooh, I wish. <laughs> Somewhere in between those two. Former former Division One uh, uh, left tackle, but now you're. Uh, what do the Peter people think? What do they think when you walk into a room talking about diapers? Uh, I it's, <laughs> I think it's what a lot of folks did not envision in the long term. Um, I don't have kids myself. I do yeah. have five nephews and a niece, all under the age of seven. So I know certainly about diapers, but um, I think for a single guy, especially a guy of my uh, stature is um, <laughs> probably not what the average diaper bank has uh, in terms of, of leading and serving the cause. Yeah, but you're doing a great job. John Teasdale, Executive Director of Happy Bottoms, happybottoms.org online. Diapers for KC families in need. They need donations. They have a bunch of things happening this next upcoming week. Check it out at happybottoms.org. Thank you for coming on Grill Nation. Thank you for having me, Jason, and Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break. Take care. First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. I just want to chill. Got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money. Introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remakes it for low. She my track queen. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining joining us today on Talk 980 AM and on Talk980AM.com. Appreciate those listening as well on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. And for all of our old podcasts and shows, go to GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate you guys connecting with me on Twitter, at Jason Grill and at GrillNationShow. We also have an Instagram page too, at GrillNationShow. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation real quick before we get to our next guest. Again, they are Crutcher Heartland, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Andrew Bash, guest co-host and contributor, Kenny Hertz Perry, attorneys at law, John Kenny Hertz, guest co-host and contributor, Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer, contributor, The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, and Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe, guest co-host and contributor, Kansas City Power Light District, and Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. Thank you for your support of Grill Nation show and uh, love to have you guys on at any time. So I appreciate all of our guests and co-hosts and contributors. Our next guest is uh, goes uh, is a kind of has a couple of gigs here in Kansas City, but the one I want to talk to him about today is about the new brewery down in the East Crossroads, Double Shift Brewing. Uh, we have Aaron Ogilvy in studio today. He's a managing partner and brewer at uh, Double Shift Brewing. How are you today? Good, how are you doing? Thanks for having me in. Good, good. So uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your background. I know you went to K-State. Uh, tell us kind of how you got to where you are today with the uh, the brewery. Yeah, I went to K-State, uh, and a friend of mine started doing uh, some home brewing while we were in school there. Um, I thought, That's pretty common, you know? I mean, Yeah, a lot of college <laughs> students do that. No, he, was, uh, he was that guy, you know, that did the off-beaten path kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, 
he kind of got me into it there, and uh, I moved back to Kansas City when uh, when I was done there, and uh, kind of got more interested in beer as uh, I had more money to spend on beer, I guess. Yeah, and craft brewing kind of yeah has taken off, hasn't yeah, it, the last few years? Yeah, since yeah. I mean, just you know, when when Boulevard started twenty five years ago or whatever it was, there was there was legislation. You know, I mean, there was all these rules right. about craft yeah. breweries, and it didn't seem as if. It had taken hold, but now we're kind of seeing a yeah. kind of a renaissance, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that this the you know the story is when John McDonald started Boulevard. You know, everyone told him, "Well, you can't sell beer; you can't see through like unfiltered wheat." Mm-hmm. And you know, he said, no, "I disagree," and he ended up being right, which is great for. I think it's great for uh, everyone. Mm-hmm. So, so you uh, you have a, a, a another job, right? Yeah, You're a yeah, firefighter. I, yeah, I work for the Leewood Fire Department. You work full-time. for the Leewood yeah. Fire Department. Yeah. Plus, then you just opened uh, Double Shift Brewery, right? Okay, yeah. so how are you handling all that? That's all. Uh, <laughs> uh, very sleep deprived. <laughs> no, um, it's good. My my wife's very uh, supportive. Uh, she helps me out when she can, and uh, I have a great uh, couple of people that work for me at the brewery. So um, they. They take a lot of a lot of stuff off off my plate, and the, the longer we we're open, the more they're able to handle. So that that helps me out a lot. So tell us about the brewery, uh, Double Shift Brewing Company. It opened this summer, right? Yeah, we opened on July twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. So we've been open for almost two months now. And you opened in the Crossroads. Tell our listeners kind of what area you're in there. Yeah, and what we're part on of the Crossroads. Uh, we're on Eighteenth and Oak. In between Oak and Locust, uh, right across from Grinders, right next to Border Brewing Company, mm-hmm. uh, they've been open for a couple months now too. So, uh, it's a great little neighborhood. Um, Torn Label Brewing Company is right down the street, also, and Brewery Imperials opening up a couple blocks from us, hopefully, uh, in the next few months. So, I think- why why do you think there's so many brewery uh, craft brewers going in there? I mean, uh, in that area, the uh, you know, it's a combination of uh, it's a cheaper real estate. You know, it's a it's an approachable market as opposed to West West Crossroads, where uh, prices have gone up dramatically in the last mm-hmm. year or two. And there's still good foot traffic as opposed to maybe West Bottoms or East Bottoms, where it's still a little underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a good combination of both, and it's just a great artist community. And um, whether or not everyone sees it like this, people that make beer see it as art. So I think we fit right in with the that artist vibe. Yeah, and you got uh, Thalmaeus there too, which is yeah, very Thalmaeus, well. yeah, yeah, they're great people. So. They've uh, and you obviously have Grinders and the concert venue there. Yep. they've Thalmaeus is uh, fairly new, obviously. Yep. they've had a for I feel like a pretty successful year. Uh, yeah, first I think year. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've they, done, uh, they've done pretty well. Yeah. So so tell us about your beers. So tell us about what you're brewing over there. Um, we're doing a we're trying to do lots of different stuff right now. We're trying to you know figure out what what we like to make, what people like to drink. And uh, that's the nice thing about being a smaller brewery is we're able to change it up as we see fit. You know, we're not stuck on a, on a regular brewing schedule. So, um, our Saison's real popular. Um, so we, we always trying to he- he- have that on tap. Um, we have a double IPA that, uh, we try and, we try and keep on as much as we can. Um, we just tapped a, uh, an oatmeal stout this past weekend, uh, that, that went over, Pretty good, I think, and uh, we've got a a pumpkin quad coming up mm-hmm. for the fall season, and a black IPA that I think is going to be real nice. So. so, so you got you got a handful of drinks there, and you yeah. like beers, and you said you could change those too because you are a smaller operation. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
what so how big is your how big is your uh, your space i mean do you guys offer food there is it just a we don't offer food we have like bar snacks okay. pretzels and stuff like that uh, but we don't have a, a kitchen or anything okay um that just trying to figure out right. the lay of the land there because yeah. you know with so many uh, new breweries and, and going into that area i'm trying to keep them all straight because i've seen so you're right next to the other brewery right yeah border border okay yeah. so i've seen that so I was wondering about that because I was in uh, St. Louis uh, a couple weeks ago at Schlafly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a pretty big operation. Yeah, they have a huge. tap room there. Yeah. Um, and uh, one thing I really always liked about that, I went to college at SLU, is that you could go in there and eat. Because right. Boulevard never did anything like that. Right. Like they decided yeah. against that. Yep. Um, but they have really good food. So I was I always am curious to see yeah. what breweries and how they make that decision if there's a tap room. Right. But you do have snacks, bar snacks. Yeah, we wanted to focus more on beer as opposed to spending time on hiring kitchen staff and and worrying about the food part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll let someone else that's better at that than I am handle that. (laughs) Um, That's a good decision. Yeah. So uh, keep your overhead low too on that. So go to Rieger and you know get get dinner and then come over and have a beer at our place. Yeah, yeah. There's enough good restaurants in the neighborhood. I think that um, I think it's a good. That's another reason we decided to go into that spot. So you guys, how many people can can fit into your office uh, or your building? We can fit seventy five. So wow! Our, so it's our, pre- yeah. So we yeah, it's a it's a pretty good good amount of people. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, what's what's the response been? I mean, from people uh, in the good. neighborhood. You know, we're uh, weekends are busy. We're open Thursday through Sunday. Okay, uh, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So so if you so if you you want to drink on a Monday, right? You can go. Somewhere else. Somewhere else. But on the weekend, you go to... Those are the days we spend brewing. Yeah. um, And it gets a little hot and loud and smelly when we're brewing in there, so... Yeah. Um, So we, uh, yeah, we're open Thursday through Sunday, and, you know, first Fridays are obviously just crazy busy for us, which is great. Yeah. Um, And other weekends, you know, we we see a good steady stream of people coming in, so we're pretty happy with it. Aaron Ogilvie, who is the founder and managing partner of Double Shift Brewing Company, which opened uh, this summer in the Crossroads Art District on the east side of it. Um, so, what's the what's the culture like with you and those other folks over there? I mean, do you guys get along? And we do. Is we, it cordial? Is it is it? Because I feel like as a community, Kansas City wants everyone to be somewhat successful and help each other. What's yeah. it like in the in the brewing industry? Uh, it's great. You know, uh, you said a cordial with each other. I'd say we we. We're not even that. We're way beyond that. I would say we're all friends. Um, I'm friends with Eric from Border. Uh, we're we're friends with the guys from Torn Label and Casey mm-hmm. Beer and all those other people. Um, anytime we need, I need something or have a question. I'm, you know, uh, I never hesitate to ask anyone. So that's what's nice about having so many people close by. Is if, you know, we have a hose that bursts or something, I can just run across the street, and borrow <laughs> his for ten minutes. You know, that's great. And, that stuff like that happens, so it's, and it's great. Does each beer kind of has a unique taste? I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. there's differences yeah. between all these breweries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you? So, are you? Are you going to fun- focus mostly on your location there? Or are you going to try to sell some? We of the are beer for too? now. Um, we haven't really discussed doing anything outside of our tap room right now. We're struggling to keep up with that mm-hmm. as it is. So, sure. Um, getting into distribution in other restaurants and bars and stuff isn't. Something on the immediate future, um, maybe maybe in a year or two. But right now, we're pretty happy with where we're at. Now, are you guys uh, in your 
in your tap room do you is it is it purely a bar do you have or tap room or do you have a tv set up there What's yeah we like? have a couple of tvs um you know we, that's always an issue yeah, with people like the, yeah the, 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 i remember when snow and cope and i know the founder and the owner really well he didn't want to have tvs in there and yeah. some of my college we, we were talking about college football off air um you know i feel as if if you have at least one or two tvs you're going to get a little if kansas city's culture yeah it's a sports town yeah um we didn't want it to be a sports heavy place, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but at the same time, we know that people like to watch sports when they're drinking, and <laughs> that's especially with the Royals doing so well, and yeah. us Chiefs, Chiefs are playing, and college football's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gives people incentive to stay. I think so. Yeah, we uh, we have two TVs, and you usually have two different things on. The Royals are playing; that's pretty much the only thing on. And so, yeah, it's uh. We're not a sports bar, but we're definitely we like sports. I like sports, so yeah, for sure. So do you um and you have a tasting or anything going on there, or do you have tastings, or is it just you know you buy a pint kind of thing? Uh, we can- don't have any uh any like scheduled events or anything. Um, mo- all of our bartenders are extremely knowledgeable, so mm-hmm. if you have any questions, they can answer. So if I go in there and say, hey, I want to try all five of your. Right, yeah, you can get a flight. A flight, is, yeah. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. Um, and they, They'll be able to talk you through each beer and what, what it, the history behind it and where it came from and all that stuff. So, Aaron Ogilvie from Double Shift Brewing Company. Thanks for joining us today in Grill Nation. You guys can check Aaron out at A underscore O-G-I-L-V-I-E on Twitter. And then the website for Double Shift Brewing is just doubleshiftbrewing.com, right? Yep, you got it. Check it out there. They're in the East Crossroads. They're a Kansas City company and got a really cool logo, too. And looking forward to walking over there someday and trying one of your beers. Thanks a lot. Thanks Appreciate for coming it. on Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break with more. Thanks for joining us today on Talk 980 AM. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation. You're listening to Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Thanks for joining us there, as well as on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. I'm Jason Grill, your host. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. We've had some excellent guests and hope you're enjoying the start of fall here in Kansas City and throughout the country. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also on Instagram at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Our next guest and final guest of the day is Heidi Schmidt. She's a leasing and hospitality specialist at One Light Luxury Apartments. Kansas City Power and Light District is a partner of Grill Nation and uh, very excited to have her on the show to talk about One Light and uh, concierge services there and customer service and what's happening and talk about your background. So welcome to the show, Heidi. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Good good to see you. So tell us about your background. You said you're from Kansas City, but you recently moved back here, right? Born and raised here. And um, moved to Chicago for a few years after college. Yeah. Wanted to get out and see the, the big, big city. And <laughs> now I'm back and I love it and working at One Light and there's so much new fun things going on. That weren't here when you right left, now. right? Right. Yeah. Right. I, I wasn't sure if I'd ever be back. And then, you know, I, I kind of heard through the grapevine and following my friends on Facebook and Twitter and everything about yeah. all the cool things that were happening here and it's just like did you go to college in kansas city around this area i did i went to k 
Hey, you. You went to KU? For all my okay. Jayhawk fans out there. Okay, cool. I'm a Mizzou guy. Okay. All right. <laughs> I went okay. to law school at Mizzou, but I respect the fact that uh, KU people have a lot of passion and whatnot. So there you go. Lawrence is a nice city. So anyways, um, let's talk about your role at One Light. And what, yeah. what's exciting about it is it's going to be opening here soon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my role is the leasing and hospitality specialist. Um, so I will be obviously doing the leasing, which is pretty self-explanatory, but then I also do the hospitality aspect. So think of me as the concierge for all the residents. Mm-hmm. So if they need reservations or recommendations or if they have a friend in town and want to know, you know, what's going on around the city, yeah. um, then they could come to me. But it's also a lot more than that. You know, I, I go further than a hotel concierge would go. And um, I have a lot of relationships with vendors around the city who are all really excited to partner with One Light. So we have dog walkers, we have um, grocery delivery service, dry cleaners. Um, yeah. You know, you have pretty nice shoes on. If you came to me and said, <laughs> Heidi, I need <laughs> I need a shoe repair, I would say go here. So you're telling me I don't have to call uh, my old Italian friends <laughs> and that tailor suits for me or call my mom and be like, Mom, who do you use as a shoe yeah. repair person? Because I'd have never, no, I'd have no idea. Nope. It's, so. it's easier than that. You just... Shoot me a text yeah. or an email or call me and tell me what you're looking for, what you need. And if I don't already have a vendor set up in place, I'll go out and do all the research, find out what kind of discount that they would give you. Mm-hmm. And so you're know, like, set it you're like, a, you. you're a utility player. One like, you do it all. I'm kind of like the personal assistant for every resident, <laughs> <laughs> which we have 307 apartments. So I'm going to be busy. And um, for what I understand, they're, they're uh, leasing up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I know that you guys lease out a ton, mm-hmm. bef- like when I signed up. I'm actually going to be moving there. We've talked about this, yeah. but my listeners probably don't know that all yet. But um, pretty soon here, since you guys are going to be opening, I still have never been in my yeah. unit. I've been on the pool. I've done all the things there. But um, that is a huge perk of living there is having the ability to have services like they offer, One Light offers, with help, with question answering, with you know, just feeling like you're part of a family there, which is important to a lot of people when they look for somewhere to live. Yeah, that was really the the draw for me was the people I met during mm-hmm. my interview process. They were all, you know, such a team. Mm-hmm. And during the interview, a couple potential residents came in and I just saw how they treated them. And mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, I love how out of your way you go to make these people feel like, you know, that, that they are so wanted and welcome and that it's more of a, a community rather than it really is just a place to to live, to right? Sleep, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you've got. The- I, I can I can vouch for that, Heidi, because um, Marnie over there has been great to me. She's been on the show before. Nick has been on the show before. Okay. Uh, different people have been on the show before, and I stop in there once in a while to to catch up with them and to say hello and to ask them what's going on. And it's just they're really nice people over there. So kudos to you for. Uh, even though it's hard sometimes to come back home <laughs> to join a great company and uh, people that actually take care of uh, different people. So when are you guys actually, when are you guys going to be opening? Our first set of movements happen the week of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So um, I get to move in on the 23rd of November. <laughs> so I'm kind of the guinea pig, the test to make sure everything goes smoothly. And if there's any kinks we need to iron out, mm-hmm. um, I'll be moving in the 23rd. And then our first set of residents move in on the 28th. Of November. Yeah. And obviously, we can't have everybody move in at once. Um, There's probably a lot of demand. Yes. Yes. Everybody wants to get in there ASAP. So we're doing our best to get everybody in this, you know, from the end of November to the end of February. Um, 
So we're just booking about four a day so that everybody has a few hours in the freight elevator. and three 307 residents or units? 307 apartments, yeah. Wow. And we're about 75% leased right now. Mm-hmm. So we still have some good availability. But um, that's pretty cool that it's 75% leased. Oh, it's unheard of. It's yeah. very unheard of in this industry to be that high leased before it's even open. I mean, we, until about two months ago, didn't even have a model to show. Um, so Jen and Marty really did a great job, you know, getting out there and promoting. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's such a, it's one of the newer buildings that have been built. I mean, in 25 years downtown, mm-hmm. so that helps too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful building from the outside, you know, yeah. I've been inside yet, but We're the uh, first apartment building to be built as apartments, not, you know, converted from an old office building mm-hmm. in 40 years. Incredible, right? Yeah. And we're the biggest, the biggest down there too now and have, you know, so if I had called you, if I had called you uh, earlier this week, since it's Saturday today, uh, and asked you for Taylor Swift tickets, you would have been able to come through, unlike Marnie, who uh, said I had to wait in line. Um, <laughs> I will text you next time, Heidi, Yeah, I Marnie. mean, uh, Taylor Swift is a big deal. She had about 12 semi-trucks with her oh my face gosh, plastered the, on them last night. She is a huge deal, huge deal, yeah, and uh, I know I a lot would, of friends that have gone. Yeah, I've got... You know, my ticket girl at Sprint, I would just text her and say, what can you do? I need two tickets. Same with, like, the Midland Theater or Powell and Light, you know, kind of all over. So you, you it's, Center, easier all over you, downtown. it's easier for you to make friends in your job because yeah. you're always helping people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So did you do this when you were in Chicago? Did you work in the, uh, you know, kind of the real estate or apartment, a multifamily space? I did. I um, worked at a 60-story high-rise right in the heart of downtown Chicago and we were 300 or sorry 675 apartments so Mm. it was a big one um and I just loved it Mm. it was so fun I love the fact that I am on my feet all day and I'm meeting people and I'm helping them find a home that they'll love and you know I get to listen to what's important to them and help them find a place that it's really going to meet their needs and they're going to love to call home so that's great it really has been fun it'll be interesting to see what happens you know I mean it's a new space so you know Hopefully, knock on wood, everything goes good. I mean, and everyone's happy, right? Yeah, I'm I mean, sure it will. <laughs> and you guys have a great uh, office down there, too. If people want to connect with you and stop in and say hi to you or to uh, other people on the One Light staff, it's over there off in Power and Light, uh, just right next to the Latte Land and the, or Caldies, excuse me, and the, uh, what else? The gym is right there. Yeah, um, we're at 1251 Main. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that One Life Fitness is right there, if anyone's familiar with that. All of our residents get a free membership to One Life Fitness, which is a huge perk. It's a work on that six beautiful. pack for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe after Christmas. Yeah, I'm right. thinking like January first. Yeah, Year's right. Resolution. New Year's resolution. <laughs> that is a huge bonus too. Uh, we didn't mention that of living at One Life. Yeah, and in return, the um, gym members at One Life get to access our pool, right. the pool at One Life, which or One Light, which is just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the fourth floor and has cabanas and a bar. And- it's beautiful. I was there uh, last week and for a Tech Week event, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Heidi Schmidt, leasing and hospitality specialist at One Light Luxury Apartments. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Go Royals.